Welcome to Write Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor, L.G. McCrary. She is the author of That Tale Host. It's available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. But we're not going to be talking about that book. We're going to talk about something absolutely fascinating, the theological consideration for speculative fiction writers. I have no idea where Laura is going to go with this. I can't not wait to find out with you. I want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff, see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so, without further ado, Laura, how you doing? Hey, nice to talk to you. And I'm so excited to talk about this subject. I don't know what you're going to say. So for our listeners out there, I have no idea where this is going. And I'm totally fine with that. Sometimes as a panther, we go with the flow. Laura, go ahead and share a little bit about yourself. I write under LG McCary. And my name's Laura, though you can call me my Laura. I'll answer to both. I am the wife of an army chaplain, and I have four kiddos that I homeschool. So I'm a very busy lady. They range in age from sixth grade down to almost four. And so it's very, very busy house. And we I've been writing since middle school. I started writing, I think my first, you would uh, be amused by this, Parker, because my very first project was actually a historical fiction. And I was like, Parker would probably have liked that book. <laughs> it was a young adult little project about a girl who was trying to spy for the American Revolution. Um, and it was terrible, but you know, it was, it was fun. <laughs> it's in a landfill on like a, on one of those floppy disks somewhere. <laughs> the annals of time have lost it. <laughs> yes. And it should stay there. <laughs> but yeah, so I kind of went through a bunch of different things. Um, I write primarily science fiction and uh, supernatural. And my first novel, That Pill Host, is a supernatural story. It's, it's women's fiction. It's been marketed as a thriller, but it's really more women's fiction with a supernatural twist. So a story about Charlotte, who is a new mom, and she comes home from the hospital with her baby girl and starts to feel like something is following her. And as her daughter gets older and grows up, it doesn't, it never goes away. And then things start to happen. And she realizes that she has to figure out what this thing is and what it wants before it destroys her life. One thing I've noticed about women's fiction is that they are really becoming a great genre to mash genres with. And I think it's because women's fiction in general is the story about a woman's empowerment. Would you say yours follows that line? Definitely. It's it's all about Charlotte. It's all about her and her relationship with her daughter and 
the changes that she goes through as she becomes a mom and life changes. And it's also a lot about, I mean, it's, a, it's a Christian book. So it is a very clearly Christian book about a third of the book, maybe, maybe more than that takes place at church. And so there's a lot of stuff about spiritual struggles and uh, spiritual development as she gets older and grows and tries to, I mean, tries to figure out what this thing is that's following her. I mean, the, there's not a whole lot in the Bible about ghosts. So <laughs> she's kind of freaked out. But yeah, it's definitely, I think it's a really, for me, it was kind of a meditation on motherhood because I personally struggled with postpartum depression with my first and my, my last child and then postpartum anxiety with two of my kids as well. And just the intense emotion that comes up when you become a mom, I think I really wanted to capture some of that on the page where you you see how this really does fundamentally change the way you see the world. It fundamentally changes your attitude. So, yeah, I, I really it's a lot of my own junk put on the page, but given a supernatural twist. And I hope it's an interesting book. I think so far, a lot of people have liked it. It's gotten rave reviews online, so make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy of That Pill Host by L.G. McCary. But right now, I want to talk about theological considerations for psychofiction author. What made you get interested in it? Well, I was interested in apologetics at a pretty young age. I became a Christian when I was about eight and a half. And actually, exactly eight and a half. I happened to, I happened to pray that prayer on my half birthday, amusingly enough. <laughs> and then I was, I dealt with some bullying in my church and I started to really question like, why do God's people treat me the way they do? I don't understand this. And somewhere about, I'd say probably 13 or 14, somewhere in middle school, I discovered Don't Check Your Brains at the Door by Josh McDowell, which is a classic apologetics book for teens. And it gave me words to explain the problem of sin and the problem of pain which is what I was dealing with is like, these people are Christians. They're supposed to be treating me nicely. Why aren't they? And as a result, it just really gave me this, it gave me a deep love of theology and doctrine because it answered questions I was struggling with. And it also gave me a deep peace knowing that God really is in control, that he does know what's happening to me, that he is El Roy, the God who sees. And so I, it really, but so I've been interested in that for a really long time anyway. And then when I wrote That Pill Host, it's a really, there's a lot of strong theological themes in the book, and it prompted a lot of really interesting conversations with other Christian authors. And I realized that, I mean, you see it in C.S. Lewis, you see some of it in Tolkien as well. There are a lot of authors that write very distinctly Christian stories that delve into deep doctrinal questions. And you don't have to write for the Christian market to do that. And I just, I started thinking about how my apologetics love kind of crosses over into love for speculative fiction. Speculative fiction has unique pitfalls uh, when it comes to world building, whereas historical fiction authors write uh, from what was, and they are given a set of things they can write from. And then contemporary authors write from what is, what we have now. Speculative authors write what they suppose could be. And so, and there be dragons. What are those considerations? Story is the sneakiest form of apologetics. So it's when you tell a story, and there's this great quote from N.D. Wilson. He's a, an amazing author. He writes uh, mostly middle grade, but he writes incredible sci, uh, sci-fi and fantasy. He'd be mad that I said sci-fi, but some of it is. Uh, and he said, the story is 
like a catechism for your impulses. They're catechisms with flesh on. So you're answering questions because that's what a catechism is. It's a question and then an answer. You're answering a question using characters walking through hard things. So you can answer a question for a reader about the problem of pain by walking them through a story like Job. Because Job is a, honestly, it's an apologetic for the holiness of God that he is sovereign, he is utterly sovereign, and he is utterly holy, and he can do what he, he wants to do. And you, it's a really interesting thing if you consider that. The other thing is worldview determines world building. What you believe will always shape the story you create, whether you're aware of it or not. There's this really cool quote I read from J.R.R. Tolkien a while back, and he said that the Lord of the Rings was a Christian, it was a religious story, unconsciously at first, and then consciously in the edit. So his Catholic faith was poured into that story, just as he was writing the first draft. And then as he edited it, he made it even more pointed and more pronounced. And I thought that was really interesting, because a lot of people don't really think of Lord of the Rings as a specifically like Christian book, even though it is. So yeah, the worldview, that's, that's the one I really think is the one that's important, though, is that worldview determines world building. It determines what story you write. When you think of His Dark Materials, which basically has a, I believe, an atheistic or nihilistic worldview. Yes, he, he wrote it deliberately to be a counterpoint to Narnia, an atheist counterpoint. I was thinking of another story where the worldview underpins it, and that's the Lake Terry Goodkind books called the Sword of Truth series. And he talks about his atheistic views all throughout that. It is impossible for your worldview not to show. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that there's there's a lot of Christians I've talked to over the last few years who, as they're writing, they say, oh, I'm just I just want to write a good story. I don't want to I want to write for general market. I just I want to write a good story and I don't want to worry about, you know, all the theology stuff. And I'm like, yes, you you have to like you have to, because if your faith is shaky, it will show. If your understanding of scripture is shaky, it will show. And and that's something like, especially if you're writing for general market, I think it's really important to remember that you're writing to people who don't know Christ. That's your whole point. Shouldn't you want to be even more careful and more specific in how you create a story so that it guides them toward the things that God loves and that he values? And it's it's been a really interesting thing. I just, I've wanted to create a class to teach teach people to think theologically as they write, because I've found that doing that has made me a much better writer. It's given me, it helps me see like the theological and spiritual underpinnings of a story. And it also helps you become a better reader as well. Like, like what you were saying with those other stories, you can recognize the theological underpinnings of a story and go, oh, that's not of God, or oh, that's really interesting. That's because they're Presbyterian or whatever. <laughs> Are you making the argument that every story should have a gospel message in it? No, not necessarily. What, what I'm more pointing out is that you should consider how what you believe shapes the characters you create. You should consider how it shapes your plot and your storytelling in general, like the tone. Um, is does good triumph in the end? Uh, we're a people of victory. We believe that God wins. So if your story ends on a sour note, why? Is there a specific reason that there's there's a way to do that? That is, I mean, I think you've had him on on the podcast before, C.W. Breyer. He's pointed out you can do that as if you do it as a warning that this is sin has 
consequences, this is the consequences. And I think that you can make the argument Frank Peretti kind of wrote kind of wrote a book like that with uh, oh goodness, what was that story? I can't remember the oath. The oath, yeah, he, he did something similar. Sin has consequences. But yeah, I don't. You don't have to have a salvation message in every single book. It's more. It's deeper than that. It is. Because think about it, there's there's nothing like that in Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings led Dr. Holly Ordway, who used to teach at Houston Baptist and now it's Houston Christian University, that led her from out of atheism to become a Christian. Do you think authors who just want to write a good story, are they avoiding having that strong Christian message? But you're saying you can have a strong Christian message interwoven throughout your story without saying that it has to be marketed toward Christian. Oh, absolutely. One of the things I'm wanting to do with teaching people how to think this way is to consider how the world building fits with what scripture tells us about the nature of our world in general. So one of the examples I give is that if there's a higher power in your story, let's say this is specifically for uh, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, some kind of speculative. When you have, if there's a higher power or a God in your story, how does he communicate with his people? How does he communicate his will to the, sto- to the people in the story? Because there's this idea in scripture. I mean, it's also just in Christian theology. There is general revelation and there is special revelation. General revelation is the world around us. And it talks about, you know, the heavens themselves declare the glory of God or the idea that we know that God exists from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Those are both from scripture. We, we know there's something wrong because people die. We know that there's brokenness, but we don't know what sin is specifically and how to remedy it without scripture, which is special revelation. So if you're doing world building, the question is, how does your higher power communicate to his people? What does he tell them? Does he create like, I mean, there's a, let's say you're writing sci-fi and there's this random computer that spits out information every five years and tells them, hey, don't do this and do this. Or Maybe there's some ancient runes in a fantasy story that tells you what's right and wrong. That's taking it from what we know about the world here and then putting that into a story, thinking about how does, how does God in my story, if there is one, how does he create and relate to his people? What does he tell them? The other thing is, I think it's just important to, if you, if you concentrate on the story itself, like one of the things that Tolkien said is um, he said, you know, I wrote this story. It was unconsciously at first and then consciously in the edit. It was Christian. If you write the story well, then you can go back and edit in and make sure that those themes, because that's a lot of this is about theme more than plot specifics. Those themes like virtue and salvation and self-sacrifice, those things can be honed in the edit. And that's where you start really digging into what do I believe and how does it affect my storytelling? One of the other things too is like sin, the idea of sin. How do you know what is right and wrong in a story um, in, a, in a speculative world? And when you have sin, what are the consequences? We believe sin has consequences. So do your characters get away with something? Um, that's a theological question. Like, are you really okay with allowing a character to do really bad things and not have any consequences? I would I would argue that's one of the problems with Twilight. Bella becomes a vampire and then has no consequences. She's done something really dumb and really dangerous and she has no consequences. I think that that reflects a 
a misdirected worldview. And that's Stephanie Meyer is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I think that kind of reflects a little bit of their, possibly some of the theology of that church is that things kind of will eventually go right. And, but sin should be punished, right? So I, that's, at least that's what, that's, I'm talking about like, these are deeper questions that are under the surface. They're not things you're going to necessarily just see. I feel like I've been talking too long. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're doing fine. I was listening to you. You're very articulate. My question relates to something that a author we both know of, Nikkei and Carol, mentioned on a Facebook group about having the good guy opposed to a anti-hero. Another author I know, his name is Christopher Weeks, he said, villains are easy to write. Heroes aren't. So I would love to get your thoughts about that. I personally don't think that they, that good people are hard to write. I think they are, they're real. If you're writing a story about someone that you feel like you could run into somewhere, then creating a good person, I don't think is that hard. I think I, the, in my story, uh, That Pell Host, I've got a lot of Christians in my story and there's some really, really awesome people and there's some really flawed, messed up things about those awesome people. That doesn't make them bad people. And I, villains are, I think, a little scarier to write, partially because when I've given people advice about it, what I've said is, from the depths of your own dark heart. You should dig into the ugliness of your own sin and what you would do if you were not restrained by God's grace. What what kinds of things would I want to do? I have a personally I have a vengeful streak. So it is very easy for me to write villains because I can just go, well, what would I do if I didn't have if I didn't love Jesus? <laughs> yeah. That's a good point to make, Laura. The other question I wanted to ask you in regards to this theological consideration is how would someone who's listening to what we're talking about, they say, you know, I want to do this. I really want to implement this. Where should they start? There's two ways to go about it. One is to take the time to specifically sit down and like I, it's like I said, unconsciously at first, consciously in the edit. So write your story really well and then sit down and as you're reading and editing, say, what am I trying to say? And what, and then go back, open up your Bible and see what does God say about this theme that I'm working into my story. Um, The other thing is just as a general rule for life, I love apologetics. I love learning about theology in general. So depending on your, which stream of Christianity you're a part of, my husband is a chaplain. We interact with Catholics and Orthodox and Methodist Presbyterian of all, all different stripes of Christianity. And I would encourage anybody to dig into the resources from their particular faith background and also groups like there's Stand to Reason, which is, I believe, Greg Kokel. There's William Lane Craig is an amazing apologist. He will make your brain hurt, but he is so, so good. There's also uh, Mary Jo Sharp is an amazing resource as well. She's Southern Baptist and she's an incredible apologist. Um, I love her work. You dig into these things as a background so that when you go into writing a story, you have this well to draw from. That's the way I see it. I mean, Parker, you know, I read a ton and I read a lot of really weird, random stuff. And it's, and it's because I want to fill up that well with really interesting, useful information. And so as authors, you need to be not just a good writer, but you need to be a good reader. And um, that means reading your Bible a lot, reading good resources, and then taking the time to just like let it marinate, I guess. is the <laughs> You know, you know, if you're going to make a good like steak or something, you got to marinate it for a while and get it ready to go. Like this, that's, that's where I feel about it. It's like, let some of that stuff just soak in and 
what you put into your own heart is going to come out in your storytelling. I know you just gave us food for thought and our listeners out there, I know you are just titillated by everything we talked about on the show. Where can they find you online? Best place is lgmccary.com. So it's L-G-M-C-C-A-R-Y dot com. And that's my website. I um, post there quite a bit. I'm also at LG McCary on Facebook and Instagram. And, and if you're interested in possibly taking a class from me, if, I, if I'm able to get it off the ground, please pray for me about that. Please sign up for my newsletter. That will be the easiest way for me to get in contact with you and let you know that, hey, we're starting a class. And whatever I do next, that's easily the best way. Like for any of my other projects, writing other novels, because I am working on other stuff. That's, that's, that's the best way. Just uh, go to my website and you should be able to find the little newsletter sign up. And I promise I will not spam you. I cannot afford it. <laughs> <laughs> but Laura, thank you so much for being with me on the show today. As you know, I really enjoyed having you. Can't wait to have you back and have you back soon. Thank you so much. And we were talking today to Laura McCary, which is LG McCary. She is the author of That Pale Host. But she was talking today about the theological considerations for speculative fiction authors. And my speckies out there, I know your brain was just blowing up with ideas. But she is going to have a class. Sign up for her newsletter at her website, which she gave to you. So go ahead, pick up the pen and write stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.